God in every life for your glory in the name of Jesus and the people of God said amen and amen you may take your seat welcome tonight to can we just sort out this mic welcome everybody that's here I see a lot of people is at home cozy in bed some of them are sick so uh, for you that's here, all right, I see it's new faces, it's okay to shout hallelujah. So some of the Faith City people that's here, help me to get these people where we are tonight, please. All right, so I'm going to get to the Word of God straight away. It's something that I want to teach on tonight. So if you have a pen and paper, you have to take notes. I'm going to teach on healing tonight. And I think this is so important for the church world today. To understand healing why is people sick um, just by the way I want to read your scripture that God gave me the book of Amos chapter 8 and verse 11 he says that behold the days are coming says the Lord God that I will send the famine on the land not a famine of bread nor a first of water but of the hearing of the word of the Lord we are living in that time right now there's a famine it's not a famine of water it's not a famine for bread it's a famine for the word of God we don't receive the Word of God. We don't receive the truth of God's Word. Everything is watered down nowadays. People uh, gather themselves teachers that will scratch the itching ears. That's where we are living in right now. And so I, wanna, I want you to, to get to the Word of God with me tonight. And thank God that we still have the Word. I, I want to start off with saying this from the word go. Sickness is illegal. Well, let me try to say it again. COVID is illegal. No born again child of God should have COVID. Oh, you didn't get this. I'm going to speak to this side. No born-again child of God must have flu. It's illegal. You shouldn't have it. You shouldn't have arthritis and sugar diabetes, etc., etc., etc. You know, since the start of COVID in 2020, we've prayed for COVID people. We've never had COVID in our lives. Okay, you didn't get this. Because I simply don't believe. I refuse to doubt the Word of God. I refuse to believe what the world says. Uh, I believe that when the Bible says in the book of Galatians and Colossians, Paul teaches in, in, in the book of Hebrews, it goes on, it says that we are part of the blessings of Abraham. Who knows that? Who knows that when Jesus died for me on the cross, the curse has been broken? Okay, not everybody. If you haven't lifted your hand, you're in the great church. The, the curse has been broken. Part of the curse of the law is that people must be sick. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. All right, let me say that again. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is not a post office of the devil. So people ask me the question, well, isn't it all right for us to go through flu seasons, etc.? No, it shouldn't happen. That should not be the case. We should be above the flu season. And I want to say this to you in South Africa, there's no such thing as flu anymore. Everything is COVID. If you sneeze too hard, it's COVID. If you fart in the right, wrong direction, it's COVID. Everything is COVID. COVID, 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 COVID. And they, they rise up the, the numbers. Do you know in America, the COVID is almost non-existent? It's because our government pushed the COVID because, as you don't know this, our government is getting millions of rands because of the COVID. Millions that they can just steal. And this is why we will refuse to believe any form of COVID. We believe the Word of God. So if you study the word of, and you study the, the life of Jesus Christ, I want to speak to you on when Jesus healed people. Why certain people getting healed immediately? Why certain people not healed immediately? 
And the answer is in the Word of God. When, I, when our, our, our ministry started, the healing ministry started, you know, I've studied the Word of God back and forth because I wanted to know that why certain people healed, others not getting healed. He's the same God. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What I can tell you is the person next to you's faith level is not where your level is. The person next to you, revelation of the Word of God is not where your revelation is. Let me just say something to you today that we, we call the Word of God. When we say that He's the Lord that heals us, you know what we are doing? We are prophesying. Because every word of God is prophecy. Paul says all can prophesy. When I pick up the word of God, when I declare the word of God, I'm prophesying. Come on, you better hear me. You want to change your scenery, you better change your sound. I, I can tell you this, when it comes to sickness and disease, I've prayed for people all over the world. We had a woman here in church. Most of you will recall it. She was in a wheelchair over here. When I said to her, get up, she didn't want to get up. She didn't want to get up. When they pushed in the back, she got out of the wheelchair and started walking. But because a mom, sorry baby, take me to the doctor, help me. And the state of that woman will be that forever. Forever. So you have to understand, so certain, certain people, I was, I was in, a, in a church the one day in front of Bell Park, and they pushed a, a woman in a wheelchair, an old lady, and her daughter came to me, she said, Pastor, pray for this woman's ears. This woman grabbed me by the hand, she says, I'm not here. Her words were, I can sneak my ear in booty. Today, I'm getting out of this wheelchair. I said, are you? She says, yes, get out of my way. And she pushed herself up. And this, this woman started walking by the power of God. And I saw this woman's faith. My daughter brought me for my ears. But I've heard news that Jesus can touch you from your head to the soles of your feet. And he can turn everything upside down. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Jesus Christ is the supreme healer. Many people forget when they look at the cross, the cross has two sides. Please understand this. Every time, let me just see if there's any more of this. I want to walk to the watch the communion. And I want to show you something. This is a covenant meal. When you, have, when you partake of the bread and you partake of the blood, you are partaking of the, of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. But people think that the cross was only for salvation. Which is true that the cross has been for salvation. But people tend to forget the back of the cross. The back of the cross speaks for the healing of our bodies. The atonement for our sickness has been paid on Calvary's cross. Come on, Exodus 15, 26 says, God in His own words, I am the Lord, your healer, the one who takes away your disease. Come on, not the one who makes thee sick, but the one who, come on, the one who reversed the curse of sickness in your body. But we have to believe the report of the Lord. So I understand people going through stuff. I understand you mean not everybody's immune system is, is as strong as the next. But what I want to tell you quickly before I'm going to get to the Word of God. Do yourself a favor. Instead of self, when you want to self-medicate, use this. This is the greatest self-medication that you can ever find. When I use the bread, I'm reminded of His body that has been broken so that I can step in wholeness. Somebody shout hallelujah. And this will never change. Please understand this. As long as we are here, even in the New Jerusalem, we're going to partake of the communion. This is a, my goodness gracious people, this is the power of God. When you partake of this, you are reminded of what the, the body of Jesus Christ has done for you. When we partake of the blood, we, we remember that we are absolutely forgiven. Am I speaking to the right crowd? 
So self-medicate on that. What I do is constantly when I feel my body tells me, listen, uh, there's a symptom. I tell my body the way he needs to feel. I tell my body, let me tell you to whom you belong. Sickness is illegal in this body. Then I will take this. God, I promise you, I will open it up. I will say, Lord, this is what your word says. That by your stripes I am healed. You paid the price so that I can live in wholeness. And then when I partake of that, it means that I am reminding him of his covenant. My covenant right, please say with me, my covenant right is to be healed. Say that with boldness. That's part of the covenant, to be healed. So what people do is when the symptom comes, the first thing they do, they prophesy. I'm, I'm going to teach you tonight on healing. They prophesy. The first thing they say is, I feel bad. Oh, it is too. And what most people do is, I think it's COVID. <laughs> Let me just say this, you know, I don't want to sound nasty. If any person goes to a hospital today in South Africa with COVID, they're not coming out. My cousin died, 38 years of age. He was about to come out. Suddenly he's now in a seduced coma. We had another guy here, a precious man. He spoke to me every single week. He died the same way my cousin did. Put him in a seduced coma. When we were in America, they told us, nurses said, they said, listen, we have to kill people in hospitals. They don't care. Your government don't care about your life. Thank God that our government did not die for us on Calvary's cross, but that Jesus Christ did, and that He took the punishment so that we can be free. Is somebody listening to me? I said, is somebody listening to me? To die at 38, 39 years of age is too young. My brother-in-law was a big bodybuilder. He died 48 years old of a heart attack. It's illegal. It shouldn't be that way. His wife and two children have been left without a father and without a husband. It should not be that way. I said it should not be that way. My cousin, the one I was speaking about, couldn't have babies. He came to this church. I prayed for them. I said, God says you're going to have a boy, a baby boy. His wife was pregnant. They went to the doctors. The doctor said, it's a little baby girl. They bought everything pink. I said, God said a boy, not a girl. They bought everything pink. When they went back to the doctor, the doctor said, I made a mistake. It's a boy. I said, I told you so. I told you so. Who's report? Come on. Will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. So your body says you can't breathe. No, no, you better tell your lungs. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you be healed. I command you to be 100% in alignment with the word of God. That's what you have to do. You tell that sugar diabetes in the name of Jesus. Today's the day where you pack your bags. My body is a temple. My family, mother's side, father's side, everybody struggle with high blood pressure. I went to the family doctor for a checkup. He said, the first thing I have to do is let me check your blood pressure. Because your whole family suffers. I said, I'm not suffering high blood pressure. She said, but it's your family. I said, it's not. I have a new DNA. My heavenly father does not suffer with high blood pressure. She did my blood pressure. She says, no, it's absolutely normal. I said, I told you so. You did not listen. Just listen to me. I refuse to report because my, my almost, almost, almost it hard. No ways. Jesus Christ said, I took that high blood pressure on the cross. You don't have to carry it. You don't have it. Come on. You don't have to have it. You must believe in the word of God. So I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 8. And I want you to go ahead with me. And I want to show you where Jesus started off with his healing ministry. And what happened in most of these places when Jesus started healing people? 
Now, we're going to open up with Matthew chapter 8. And I'm going to skip some verses and I'm going to read some of them. But I want you to understand some of the most crucial parts for you to be healed. It says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Pause then, look at me quickly. Most people, what they do today is they are sick, they go to church, they don't find Jesus, they find the man. You don't, you don't get this. And they come to church like this. Pray for me. What do you want God to do? Well, you know, just heal me. Do you believe you can? Well, if he wants to. And what they don't understand, miracle is gone. Let me show you what happened in the Word of God. The lepers found Jesus. People get healed like this when Jesus is more real than the sickness. No, you don't get this. Most people don't get healing because they haven't found Jesus. You have to find Christ. If you look at a man for your healing, you're going to miss it. Because God will not share His glory with no man. I can tell you every single disease that you can think about, I saw God heal that. I saw God putting stuff in place that blew my mind. But one thing that I can tell you, no power is in a man. That power belongs to Jesus Christ. So what people do is people go to church and they look for healing. And they step out sick. Because they haven't found the healer. Stop seeking healing and seek the healer. When you found the healer, you'll get your healing. Don't go to church and seek for provision. You have to go to church and seek the provider. And when you find the provider, like this leper, he did not go to Peter. He did not go to James. He didn't say, John, I'm about to die. That he found Jesus. Shout, he found Jesus. Number one, the most important part of the puzzle for healing in your own body is you have to find Jesus. You have to find Jesus. I'm going to say that again. I, I can't put a bigger emphasis on this. You have to find Jesus. Jesus must be more real than your symptom. Do you know when healing stays in your body? When you feel a pain, but you declare the word of God. Because faith always declares the word of God. Let me say that one more time. Faith always declares the word of God. A doctor prophesies over you. You have this and this and this problem. What people do is they take it. And then they nurture the problem. Instead of declaring by faith the word of God. So I understand you can have a symptom in your body. But declaring the word of God must cancel the symptom. Let me tell you something. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I went through such a high anxiety, stress recently. I didn't know about it. Apparently my mind knew about it. Then I, I had twitches all over my body. My, my, my um, muscles will go into spasms everywhere. My forehead, my back, my arm, my legs. It will twitch. It will, it will do this the whole day. Suddenly, all my focus was on that. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't pray. I couldn't seek the face of God because I know my body is not right. Got to the doctor. They said, now we're going to have to do tests on your, on your muscles. And they did all kinds of tests. And they came out with such a long word. This is your problem. They gave me such a long word. I, don't, I can't even pronounce the word. And they told me it's because of stress. And it's in your mind. And your mind stresses. Your body feels relaxed. But your mind goes into... Uh, long story short, the only thing I felt was the twitches. Until God showed me the one night when you find me again. Then, do you know what I did? 
suddenly I changed my mindset. No longer did I put it on the symptoms. I placed it on the one. Lead me to the one who is higher than I. They gave me heart pills. They said you have to live on these heart pills to get your heart into another rhythm. And I refused that. I said, my heart beats because of Jesus Christ. When this heart stops beating, it's because Jesus says, I'm taking you home. But no, my goodness, no pill will let my heart, my heart has not been revived. Or when, when I was, when I said, hallelujah. When I came out of my mother's stomach, I think my first words were hallelujah. It was not because the doctor popped a pill in me. It's because Dr. Jesus gave me this breath. So what I've done is now suddenly I started changing all my whole mindset. It's no longer about what I feel in my body. But I start to declare the word of God by faith. Lord, your word says that I have been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Lord, your word says that this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not moved by my symptoms. The just shall walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not walking by feeling. I just want to remind you of your word. That your word says that you are the God who heals us. Jesus, it says that your body was crushed so that I can be healthy. That's what I started doing i found jesus when i found him in it all the twitches disappeared oh you didn't get this then he disappeared because i found jesus you have to find jesus too many people go to church and say if this pastor doesn't heal me today it's not going to work for me and they go home broke sick disgusted because god will never never ever 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 bring the healing when you think it's in a man I'm in the healing ministry for 10 years, preached 17 years, 10 years of my life. God has done tremendous miracles through this ministry. But I can tell you as a man of God today, it's not in my own power. Not in my own power. If he removes his hand from me, I'm nothing. He's the healer. Say with me, he's the healer. Why do you think every meeting, every, every time we get together, I try to make Jesus real? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that when you find him, everything else is different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you have a cough, you have to find Jesus. You have to be like that leper. Say, Lord, I know that you can. Now, number two, important. The Bible says the leper came, found Jesus, and worshipped. He worshipped. Worship is a vital key to the miraculous. You want God's healing power for your body? Learn how to worship. I'm not talking to you about singing a hymn and a herd. I'm talking to you about worshipping God in spirit and in truth. How am I worshiping spirit and in truth, by the way? When the people around me is no longer there. When I don't just sing songs, holy are you, Lord. But when I sing, holy are you, Lord, I'm already in heaven. I'm standing around the angels of God. I'm bound before the throne of His holiness. Somebody listening to me? Not the rubbish, not the entertainment that you get on YouTube today and on certain places. That's not worship, people. Worship is an adoration of the great I am. Worship. Do you know when you were a true worshiper of the Spirit of Truth? When you have a bank report, the bank says they're going to repossess your car. But when you come to worship God, you no longer think about the car. It's all about Him. When the doctor gives you a death sentence, you don't care about what the doctor says, but your focus is so in tune with a living God. That's when you become a worshiper in spirit and in truth. Is someone listening to me? You will see every time you find people worshiping God, there will be miracles. Why? Because worship creates an atmosphere for God to dwell in. I hope I'm getting to somebody. 
You know, this pastor prayed for me, nothing worked. It's because you didn't find Jesus. It's because you're not a worshiper. You must learn how to worship. I, I, I think I must stand still with worship for about two days that everybody understand. Worship should not be a show. It should not be a feel-good session. It should not be who sings the greatest on the stage. You know, I, I get a, a holy anger when it comes to that. You know, worship should also not be church folks coming up and say, you know, I don't like that song. You know, we don't worship you, we worship Him. It's not about, it's not about singing a song that makes you feel good. It's about singing songs for adoration. In, in, come on, in awe of the one who we worship. Is somebody listening to me? Hallelujah. And I understand there's certain songs that just does something. Why? It's because God says, this is a sweet smelling aroma in my presence. I want to tell you, I think George can help me out with this, but there's some old songs that's carried power. Some of the new stuff, goodness. Every time they sing about a grave, I want to throw up. Have you heard the new songs that's of worship? Everything is graves, and then he turns into God, and they sing about the grave. Let the dead bury the dead. Can we sing to him? Oh, it's quiet. It's so quiet. <laughs> Ooh, I'm stepping on toes tonight. But it must always be. Our worship must be directed to Him. Worship is never about feeling good songs. It's never about me, 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 me. You're going to get this. It's about Him, 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 Him. This is why I love that song, Holy Are You, Lord. Because they, that's a biblical song, by the way. The angels sing that to him. And it describes him. It doesn't describe our problem. It doesn't describe our situation. It describes who he is in the midst of what I'm going through. That's worship. The scripture says, very important. Please write that down. Number two, worship. I must be a worshiper. In spirit and in truth. So when your body is sick, do you know what your flesh is? Go to bed. Take a nap. Tomorrow when you wake up, you're going to feel better. But what your spirit says is worship. Worship will bring acceleration in the mortal body. Come on, dear. Somebody listen to me. Worship will get you there. To that place where you don't even have to ask for healing. You step in and you receive that. Shout hallelujah. Now, here's, the, here's another one I want to read on. So he says, And behold, the leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, I want you to hear me. That's one of the biggest mistakes. People go to God, Lord, if it be thy will, heal me. If you do not know the will of God for your life, you will miss out on a lot of breakthroughs in your life. If you go to the Lord, Lord, if it's your will to heal me, you will not get healed. Jesus here used this scenario to teach us he's always willing. This is why he says, I am willing. Jesus is always willing. If Jesus died on the cross only for my salvation, then I would have said, okay, let's just take this sickness and go with it, you know. But Jesus says that by his stripes you are healed. This means that he's willing to heal you. So your prayer should never be, Lord, if you're willing, can you heal me? If it's your will. If it's not your will, Lord, let me just slip past the whole thing. Let's just go through it. Am I speaking to the right crowd tonight? It is His perfect will for you to be healed. So a lot of people, when they come to church or meetings around the world, then they come to the Lord 
and they say, if, if God wants to, I think He can heal me. There's, I, I can tell you stories. Do you believe Jesus can heal you? If He wants to. Do you believe He can heal you? Maybe He can. I promise you, that was told, they, they told me that. I was in a place where uh, there was a blind guy. He said, don't pray for me. God gave me this blindness. And if I ask God to heal me, it's going to be a slap in his face. I said, God's not confused. He's not the author of confusion. He doesn't give you sickness and then take it away. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came to do what? To give us life. Come on, say life. Life. And that in abundance. Sometimes with cancer people, when God tells me to do that, I'll do that. They will give me a report. They have stage 4 cancer. The first thing I say, do you want to live or do you want to die? I want to live. Okay, live. And then the whole story has changed. I told that to somebody else the other day, stage 4 cancer. They said they're busy dying. I said, do you want to live? I want to live. I said, go and live. They're cancer free today. Oh, no, you, you can do, you can, you can give a better one to Jesus than that one. Jesus always wants people to heal. Let me, let me just say this to you. There's no glory God gets when one of His children is in the ICU dying of stage 4 cancer. There's no glory that He receives. Don't, don't be fed the lie that you have to go through all these tribulations to be a great servant of God. That's bull twang. Jesus, if He wants you, he, he can take you without sickness and disease. Why does people think that Satan has the power to kill you? Satan is not the author of life. I said he's not the author of life. He cannot take any man unless God says so. And if your life is in, perfect, in the perfect will of the Father, and you are serving God faithfully, no demon in hell can stop God's plan for your life. I don't care what doctor says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had too many people in my family dying young to believe this nonsense. My grandmother dead at the age of 49 years old. That's not the will of God. I said, that's not the will of God. I didn't even, I didn't even knew my grandmother. 49 years old, dead. Shouldn't be that way. I had an uncle, 32 years old. I never had another uncle, 34 years old. It should not be that way. God promised His people a long life. He says, with long life shall I satisfy you. Can you say hallelujah? Never say, Lord, if it be thy will. It is His will that you will walk in His word. I want to tell you this. He says, I pray that you will prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. When you prosper and in health, God gets glory. God doesn't get the glory when His people walk like this. You're about to die, look like a dead man walking. That's not God's plan for your life. But what you have to do is you have to renew your mind and say in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm not having a pity party. Oh, you didn't get this. Shout hallelujah. All right, I'm going to quickly go on. Then Jesus met in, in verse 5. He says, the scripture says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is laying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Tormented. Please say tormented. One more time. Did you know that that speaks about demon activity? He was paralyzed, but he was tormented. Demons torment people. Most of the times you will find when Jesus casted out a demon, 
the person was healed. Oh, you didn't get this one. The Bible says this guy was tormented. Demons torment. The scripture goes on, he says, and Jesus said, I will come and I will heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Verse 10 says, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This centurion, by the way, was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. The Bible says that the, the gospel was preached to the Jew first. Who remembers that? But this is a Gentile. He's not familiar with Jewish customs. He doesn't even understand the Torah like the Jews did. But one thing that he knew was that if I believe the word of God, I can never have a no. When he said, Jesus, I have, a, I have a, a, a servant at my home, paralyzed, he's being tormented. Jesus said, I'll come to your house. He said, no, hang on, Lord. You come. You can't come to my house. You are too holy. You are too separated. Lord, you are too glorious. You are too merciful. My God, you are too powerful. Lord, you are too great. Just speak a word. The centurion moved Jesus more than his own people moved him. He said, I didn't even see it in Israel. This is what Jesus says. In other words, he said, this kind of faith I have not even seen among the Jews. Because this guy said, I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need you to hear five years of all his bad things that he's been through. I don't even need you to come and lay a hand on him. I believe if you send your word, your word cannot come back void. For it is written that you are the Lord, our healer. Send your word. Send your word. That's faith, people of God. Today, people want prayer for one hour. You have to shake them, spit on them, slap them before they believe that God can do something. Back then, they believed if it's in the word of God. Listen to me right now. This centurion did not have Matthew to refer to. You don't get this. The centurion did not have a Bible to refer back to. He believed the word of God without a shadow of a doubt. When will the Christians start to believe the word of God? Send your word only. You don't have to do anything else. Declare your word. Jesus, you are the healer. You are the redeemer. Just send the word. I hope that this gets to your spirit, man, right now. You don't have to go into war. You just send the word. And then he said, I'm also a servant. I'm also a man under the father that have servants under me. If I tell the one, come, he comes. If I tell the one, goes, he goes. He says, so he understood the authority that Jesus carried in the realm of the spirit. Oh my God. I know what it means to tell a servant, come. Lord, you can do it in the spirit. You tell that sickness to go, and it must go. Just say the word. So when you are sick, what do you need to do? Submerge yourself in the word of God. Quote the scriptures every day, the whole day, until you have no more symptoms, but you are in alignment with the word of God. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody about the word of Jesus. Send your word. Do you know what moved Jesus? He says, such faith I have not, I haven't seen it. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. This man's faith moved him so much. He said, my own people doesn't have the substance of this faith that this man has. I want to be the centurion guy. I want to believe God's word. Come on, Isaiah says, whose report shall you believe? I'm asking you the question, whose report shall you believe? 
I said, whose report shall you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. So hear me, this is a key to you. Fill yourself up with the word constantly. The book of James says the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So what people do is they, they declare the word of God and then they go back to the symptom. God says you will receive nothing, you're wasting your time. You either believe the word of God or you don't. Many Christians waste costly, costly time by doubting God's word. Let me just quickly say this to you. That's what's one of the biggest sins in the scripture. Because if you find the scripture where... I'm not talking about even Satan. Satan fell because of pride. But what he did with Eve was he questioned whether the word of God spoken to her was real. God said, if I take off this apple. No, no, no. That's not what God said. Did God really mean that? Come on. He said that to Jesus. If thou be the son of God. He tried always, will always bring the word of God in question in your heart. And when you do that, it's over. This is why we have to believe the word of God only. I don't care. I, listen, if I'm, if I'm the only one in this building, I thank God I have my wife. She believes it too. But if it's, if it's just me that believes that Jesus heals, then thank God I'll stand for the truth of God's word. Nobody, nobody's pushing this. Nobody, nobody. Do you know why? Because people are mocked when you believe in God's healing power. They are mocked. Do you know that when they mock you, they mock you until the day they are busy dying with cancer. They mock you until the day that, 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 that sugar diabetes eat their legs away. Then they no longer mock you. Then they need your, your God that heals to perform miracles through your life. Come on, you better hear me right now in this place. We believe the word of God. I don't care what Fuji says in America. I don't care what our minister of health says. I want to tell you what the king of glory says. That by his stripes... You are healed. That's the antidote to cancer. That's the antidote to AIDS. That's the antidote. You want to get a vaccine? Get into the Word of God and believe the Word of God. That's what you need to do. I get this question over and over. What do you believe about the vaccine? It's bully. That's what I believe about the vaccine. If you don't believe it, you can take mine too. I'll jab you with that vaccine. My body, I'm not a guinea pig. I said, I'm not a guinea pig. And let me just say this while I'm on this subject. You have to wear a mask. Listen, I don't have to ask anybody, can I breathe? God gave me this breath and fresh air free of charge. For now it's free. South Africa will find a way to tax you for the air that you breathe. But I want to tell you this. I don't have to apologize for wanting to breathe. But the mask can protect it. You've got your mask. Care about your own mask. I believe the word of God. I said, I believe the word of God. You know what mostly they do? They mock the, the healing evangelists. Why don't you go to the hospital? Do you know how many hospitals I've been in? Shaking hospital rooms. We've been in a hospital, my goodness, where we lay our hands on the sick. That we pray for one woman and then somebody else in the other room starts to shout, I feel it. I feel the power of God all over me. Guy said to me the other night, oh, you, you're a healer, right? Why don't you go to the hospitals? I said, number one, I'm not a healer. Number two, are you coming with me? I said, no, I don't think so. Because you, who will sit on the mother's couch and speak against God's anointed if you come with me? 
locked in a hospital room where somebody died. They closed the door, they locked the door. We prayed for TB people, HIV, AIDS, you name it. Eileen said to them, who's behind this door? They said, a guy just died. She said, open up this door. They said, no way. We said, why not? They said, this guy, he didn't want to drink his pills. He gave us all the hell in this world. You keep him dead. <laughs> Promise they refused to open the door. We were ready. Open this door. We want to lay our hands on them. I see a couple of people look at me funny. Do you know the description that says, you shall lay your hands on the dead. You will raise them up. I'm speaking to a crowd who's sick and tired of reading the word. You lay your hands on the sick and never see it. Okay, I'm speaking to somebody this side. I'm sick and tired of hearing the word that you must cast out demons. Oh, you know, it was just for biblical times. It's the same Jesus. If you know my Jesus, it's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. People ask me, I hear this continuously. Aren't you afraid of looking like a fool when it doesn't happen? I would rather be a fool for Christ than a fool for this world. Call me a fool for believing God's word. That's fine. But I believe God's full word that He says, You, 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 you shall lay your hands on the sick. This is not maggots or magnets for viruses. This is a release of God's power. You shall heal the sick. You shall raise the dead. I feel almost what grief, but grief is lekker. I'm not going to say COVID because it's a lie. But I thank God for the Holy Ghost, Spirit, and power. Oh, I thank God. I thank God for keeping you as the apple of His eye. Shout hallelujah. We're going to believe the Word of God. That's it. I'm not going to believe that doctor's report. You better be so bold with your doctor. Respect to any doctor. But be bold. They say, ah, ah, ah. You're not going to prophesy that nonsense over me. Let me tell you what God's Word says. With long life. Stay with me with long life. This is what Jesus is with long life. All right, I want to I want to jump and skip a little bit again. The Bible said Jesus said to the centurion in verse thirteen, "Go your way, as you have believed, as you have believed." Jesus did not say, "As I have believed." He says, "As you have believed." You see, this is how healing works. My job is to pray for you. Your job is to believe. His job is to heal. If there's somewhere in the chain, there's, there's not a link missing, then we can go back and say, this is why people haven't been healed. The pastor's job is not to heal you. He can't. God's job is to heal you. But there's certain things in your life that a lot of people don't do. So like number one, they do not find Jesus. They don't worship Him. They don't believe the Word. Let me go on. Unbelief. If you have a grain of unbelief, the Bible says those who have, a, have faith as a mustard seed, all right? Doubt is a mustard seed. Do the exact same as faith as a mustard seed. Let me say that again. Faith is a mustard seed and doubt is a mustard seed. does exactly the same thing. And let me just quickly on, on that subject let you understand something. Seed has been given to grow. Seed dies, it resurrects, it produces. Whether it's a faith or doubt. So when, when you are walking in doubt, you are spreading, you are sowing seed. Seed of doubt, it grows. And you know what happened? Then you, you get somebody on your phone list that will, oh, sorry. I'm sick. Oh, I'm sorry. What happens? It spreads. 
Eventually, everybody in your circle is so full of unbelief. This is why Jesus, when he came to Jairus' daughter, he said, get out. Remember, he put them all out when he raised them from the dead. You can't sit in a circle of negativity and expect God's miracle-working power to flow. This is why when you feel a symptom, let me take, take my advice. Never go to the phone. Go to the throne. Don't tell somebody what you feel. Go to Jesus and remind him, of what he, remind him of what his word says. Remind him of what his word says. With long life shall I satisfy thee. My eyes is, when I was eight years old, my eyes is exactly like when I was 40. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. When you're in covenant with God, age is just a number. It's just a number. Tell your mind, I'm 21. Come on, do that. I'm 21. Oh, it's lovely to be 21. I can just applaud in Say hallelujah if you believe that one. Then Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. I don't know why, but he did. Um, and uh, so, so he walked in and the Bible says there's his mother-in-law laying sick of a fever and then I, I, I can just imagine the picture don't Jesus don't Jesus just leave her just just leave her just walk in oh she's busy dying by the way just, just let her go but Jesus touched her and immediately the fever left her when the presence touched the fever the symptoms was gone she got up and she served them. And then Peter had to count his whole family. One, two, three, four. Alright? But that's what the scripture says. The presence of Christ walked into that building. Touched the fever. Gone. Oh, hallelujah. I want to just run a little bit. You have to understand that faith always confesses the word. Write that down. Faith confesses the word. Then the Bible, the Bible says later on in the book of um, Matthew 8 again, 28, it speaks about two demon-possessed men that met him. He gave a command, he spoke a word. He says, when they said, send us into the, the swine, go. Just a, just a command. Just a command. Uh, I think I have to teach people on, on deliverance as well because a lot of people don't realize this. Jesus did not sit with them for hours. He said, go. He gave a command. He commanded them with a word. The same with healing. Go your way. And as you believe, so it will be for you. With a word. This is how God framed the whole universe. With a word. Let. The same words that God had to use in the beginning of time when He said, Let there be light. It's the same words that He said, Go. It's in the same context. Who understands that? It's a command. It's a command. It's not, a, it's not a, a thought. It was a command. This is why he says in Matthew 16 verse 19, Matthew 18 verse 18, Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. It says, I give you the authority to the kingdom. What you bind shall be bound. What you lose shall be loosed. Hallelujah. It's a command. Jesus didn't say pray the demons out. He said cast them out. I've seen so many people pray for the demon possessed. You shouldn't pray for them. You should cast them out. Command them by the word of God. Now, let me just say to you quickly. A demon responds according to the revelation of the word that you have at that moment. 
In other words, if you say come out in Jesus' name, but there's no revelation really of what you're saying, that demon knows exactly there's no authority. Demons operate through authority. Demons recognizes authority. When somebody in authority, and you're in authority not when you're a pastor of a church, you're in authority when you are intimate with Jesus Christ and you live a sinless life, you're in authority. And when you command that demon, he knows the authority that is spoken. Is someone listening to me? The same with sickness and disease. Jesus didn't say, go and lay hands and pray long hours. He said, go and heal them. So sometimes, what I ha- I'm not, that's not what I want to go into. I, wanna t- I don't want to teach on how to pray for them, but let me just give you a quick example. So what a lot of people will do is when somebody has cancer, they will say, oh Lord, I, I ask you for brother Pete, that you will just come and do something for Pete. Oh Lord, have mercy on Pete. Lord, take this pain away, please. Let Pete just live. What about his children and his wife? And his wife, one-eyed dog. Remember, Pete. But when Jesus has healed them, you have to step in your authority, use the keys that has been given to you, and not pray about the cancer, but command that spirit of cancer. You fell spirit of cancer. I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of this body and enter no more. That's how you pray. I command this cancer to die to the root, and I command you to come out right now. I was in Cape Town. The power of God fell in Cape Town. My wife called me that side, and as I looked up, they dragged the woman in. She was a big woman, tall woman, tall lady. They dragged her in like this. She was hanging, mask on her face, no hair, dragging her in. I smelled death on that woman, but when I saw her, they said to me, they have cancer. she has cancer. Now, here's the powerful thing. I think there was a sister-in-law that brought her. They couldn't find the church. They wanted to give up because they couldn't find the church. And the sister-in-law testified. God said to her in the car, you want to he- see her healed? Get her to the meeting. And she said, Holy Spirit, show me. She heard the turn here, go there. And as she did, she saw a cross. That was the church. They, they dragged her in. And when I saw this woman, I, the Lord said to me, this cancer is coming out visibly tonight. I said, you felt cancer. I command you, come out now. And this woman started, and cancer, she started vomiting. Balls of fibers, half an hour long. She couldn't walk in. After that, she started running through the church by the power of God. Come on, Jesus is awesome. I said, 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 Jesus is awesome. Every feet that has a name must bow in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's Jesus. Tina knows we went to Namibia. Got into the church in Namibia. The power of God. Sickness and diseases. People laying everywhere. Vomiting out different demon spirits as the healing power of God searched through the book. I prayed for a, for a, for a guy in uh, Kuruman. He had cancer. He was so weak when I picked him up. I heard this guy's going to die in your arms. It'll be your fault. And I thought to myself, why am I hearing this? Because I knew this is the devil saying, I'm going to have to leave him, but let me just put fear on this man first. But when he, uh, when he doesn't understand this, when you walk in faith, there's no fear. I shook that guy. I said, you felt cancer. You better come out. We got the victory. There's a guy in the Philippines. <laughs> he testified this is quite weird. 2012. 
I was in the Philippines for two weeks. I preached in various locations. And then I think we were back 2019 or 18. We were back, took our whole team there. And one guy came out to testify. And he said he had stage four cancer in 2012. And it was one of my meetings. It was right in the front row. So the front row, you better watch out. And I was charged up, preached. Sometimes when you preach, you, you spit. And I spat that day. I didn't plan it. And he says, so he was sitting, hallelujah, and this, it fell in his mouth. And he said, the first thing he thought was, oh, oh, he's a man of God. He says, so I left it because he's a man of God. He says, but what he didn't realize was when the spat fell in his mouth, the anointing of God touched him. And he sits in front of us absolutely cancer-free. Only Jesus can do that. Amen. So if I start to spit, don't worry. <laughs> the word of God will never come back void, people. I said the word of God will never come back void, people. I can keep you busy here for hours upon hours. The Bible says in, in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 9, the scripture says, So he got into the boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic laying on a bed. Here's the key. When Jesus saw their faith, Jesus did not give the command for the paralytic to raise up until Jesus saw the faith. When Jesus saw the faith, he said, now's the time, now's the time, now's the time, get up. Listen to me, every time we sense faith in a building, that's when you act. That's when you receive. Because faith, you can see it. Faith, you can smell it. Faith, you can hear it. You, you didn't get this. When you hear and see and smell faith, that's the time to act. Jesus said, he said in his word, he saw the faith. Then he said to the paralytic, now's your time, get up. Get up. Sometimes we're so eager to pray for the sick, we don't wait for the faith. Oh, you didn't get this one. Faith must become so real. The Bible says the following. Then the scripture says Jesus was walking. There was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. Blood flow. Woman issues. The scripture says doctors couldn't help her. She was running out of money and she made up her mind. If I touch him, I'll never be the same again. The Bible says she pushed to the crowd, touched him. Virtue left his body, she was healed. He said, woman, your faith. Your faith. Not my faith, not your neighbor's faith. Your faith. What they did in biblical times, they brought a paralytic to Jesus. The church is packed, jam-packed. The house is so full, you can't get anybody in. What today's people will do is, well, let's go home. We'll come back. They said, there's no way. We're breaking open the roof. God is about to give me a roof-breaking miracle. Because of desperation, they, bro they broke open the roof. Jesus healed him. Someone listen to me. You can find it right in Scripture. In, in the Bible, the Bible says the following, the book of John 5, verse 14, when Jesus healed the man, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. All right? The scripture says, this man received his healing. Then Jesus found him in the temple, and this is what Jesus said to him, very important. He said, now that you have been healed, go and sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. Jesus did not say, go and sin less. 
He said, now that you are healed, go and sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. So what people do is, when healing comes to your body, it is a lifestyle that you must change. You can't live the same way you used to live before the healing came. You have to change your lifestyle. You have to change your confession. Please write that down. I have to change my confession. You will, listen to me, you will, you will live in what you say. Please understand this. Your words create your world. Let faith create your world. And then step in it. Come on, Samson, I'm speaking. This is some good food. The Bible says there will be a famine on the earth. Not a famine for bread and for water, but for the word of God. Thank God that you have the word of Jesus tonight that can set you free. This woman with the issue of blood was desperate. She made up her mind. I'm not going to church and see if something is going to happen. I'm going to touch him. And when I touch him, my old life is gone. I'll never have this problem again. Blind Bartimaeus made up his mind. This is Jesus. Started shouting out. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd said, shut up. He wasn't offended. You better hear me. Offense keeps the miracle away. If you're offended in heart, there's no way there's a miracle. He shouted even louder. He broke all protocol because he was desperate for his healing. How many of you in this building says, Lord, I'm desperate for my next breakthrough. I'm desperate for my healing. Come on, you need to take it by force. And believe the word of God. Shout hallelujah. Here's the key. I want to go back to this paralytic. When Jesus says, when he saw with the faith, he said, stand up. Your answer, people of God. This is why it's so important to go to church. Sunday after Sunday, week after week, when we're in this place together and there's faith, you act. Ooh, that's where you act. It's where the faith, when the faith starts to rain down, you can hear it, you smell it, you taste it. Then you start to act. You take your miracle. You know how faith operates? When it's in a place and your neighbor looks like he's about to die, you can still jump up and say it's mine. You know, I prophesied over a guy one day and the usher behind him started shouting, I'm taking it for myself. I'm taking this with myself. Because this guy stood like this. I said, well, it's yours. You take it. It's yours. You take it. If somebody doesn't act upon the faith in the building, you take it. I said, you take it. You take your miracle. If you, if you hear a prophetic word and it speaks to your heart and that guy looks like a dead lumber in front of you you say Lord I'm taking that Lord he's rejecting the word of God but I'm taking this word of God he shall not come back void hallelujah for if God says it it settles it I'm speaking to people's lives right now I'm speaking to your flesh you know you're not going to die young I reverse that curse in the name of Jesus Christ you will live you will live a long life. With long life will God satisfy you. Come on, some people need to pray with one hand on the head, one hand on the stomach, one hand on the eyes, one hand on the ears. And say, Lord, these ears will be healthy. These eyes will praise you. Come on, this hair will praise you. Woo! Uncle Denzel, this hair will praise you. Shout yes. One more time. My hands is not there for apparatus. It's to lift up holy hands. <laughs> I'm, not living up, I'm not lifting up my arms of pain. I'm lifting up my arms in praise. Change your confession. Shout hallelujah. One more time. I love what Jesus said to him. Arise. Jesus gave him an instruction. 
What people want to do is people want you to pull them from the beds, make up the bed, drop them at their home. Jesus says, Arise. Hey, hey, come in. Sit down here. Go bed. Go. Don't go sin anymore. Am I speaking to you? You see, faith is both an action but also a reaction. You have to act upon the word of God. Say amen. amen. Then the Bible says that there was a girl that was restored to life. On, on, the, on the way to this girl's house, this is where the woman met him. But the Bible says Jairus' daughter died. And he walked into the building and he said, she's not dead, she's asleep. What did they do? They mocked him. You have to understand this. Jesus did something powerful that later on Peter did the same. When Peter, Peter raised Dorcas from the dead, he did the same thing. He sent every unbeliever out, every mocker, he sent them out. Because miracles can't function in an atmosphere of unbelief. This is why people think that I'm rude sometimes when I don't allow anybody to lay hands with me. Sometimes I tell people just stand back. Why? Because you can't operate in unbelief. I haven't prayed and sought the face of God, been in the Holy of Holies for uh, just a, a Papa Chai to come in and say, oh, this, this can't be, you know. I, I don't believe this. No ways. No ways. I said, no ways. So Jesus sent them all out. He turned to the girl, took her by the hand, and he said, Arise. And there she sat up straight. Sometimes you'll have to be where Jesus was. Go out. Most miracles happen outside the religious camp. Oh, come on, someone. I'm speaking to you. Most miracles happen. You know how many miracles happened here while the whole church went out? Not me sending them out. They leaving. On a Sunday, they go. Somebody else comes. Listen, uh, this guy is deaf mute. Bang! Opened up. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody's gone. We had a woman, a girl here. She sat right there where Uncle Denzel was, just at the corner seat in a wheelchair. Everybody's gone. They pushed her out. She started, started walking. Got out of a wheelchair. Walking. Nobody in church. Just the atmosphere of faith. Hallelujah. You were not created to be sick. Do I have about two hours more? Who enjoys this, by the way? Then the Bible says, and, and this is Matthew 9, 32, As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. Mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. Sometimes you have to discern whether if it's a sickness or whether it's a demon. When the demon spirit goes out, the mute spoke. So what people do is, Lord, please let the mute speak. Please. Why God says, cast out the demon. There's a demon that keeps him mute. Come on, somebody. And that's what we have to do. This is why the discerning of the spirits is so important. On that deliverance night, we casted out demons from people. There was a person, when I started casting out demons, small demons went. The Bible teaches you that. You have to bind the strong man. And then suddenly there was a great silence. So what does the demon say? He tries you to believe, oh, I'm, he's free, just leave me out. But then he discerned. I walked back to put my hand on. The person started shouting again. You have to discern. Say with me, I have to discern. 
Then Jesus goes on, he says that he went into the synagogues, temples, and he preached and he healed every disease. Say with me, every disease. Then in, in Matthew 10, 8, he says, heal the sick. That's a command. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you should give. Hallelujah. I'm just jumping a little bit. Later on in Matthew 11, Jesus said this. He says, blessed are those who's not easily offended because of me. Let me just say something and get it out of the way. John the Baptist, the one who said this is the Lamb of God, the one who will take away the sin of the world, suddenly he's in jail. They're going to kill him. But then John sent some disciples to Jesus, and the question was, are you the one, or are we waiting for somebody else? Now, this is the same John that says, look, this, that's the Lamb of God. And then Jesus said something which every minister, because this is what really, really proves the hand of God upon a man's life. Go tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, demons are casted out. Come on. The gospel is being preached to the poor. This poor does not mean the poor beggar on the street. The poor in spirit. Those who has been lost. It's not poor. You see, you have to preach to the poor only. That's not what the Bible says. Poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. The gospel is preached to them. That's a sign. Every gospel preacher must have those signs. Hallelujah. Otherwise, we preach half a gospel. Who was here on Sunday when that woman needed the cornea? Hallelujah. That's a miracle. Let, let me explain something to you. I was in a church in the first time it happened. It happened in Port Elizabeth. They brought out a woman. She had no cornea. Cornea was removed. She had, a, she had a doctor's report. She has no cornea. Absolutely blind. I laid my hands on this woman's eye. I said, Father, thank you for your healing. Amen. I said, I'm trusting God with you. And she walked. And I walked. And I heard God said, how dare you? I, I paused in my tracks. He said, call her back. I said, woman, can you come back? I said, Lord, what must I do? He says, declare my word. I changed the way I prayed. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command a new cornea to be formed in this woman's eye socket right now. And I started working that miracle. I said, I started working that miracle. I said, try to touch my nose. She says, I can see clearer. I can see clearer. I worked that miracle. And before she went back, she could see absolutely. Now, she went back to the doctor. The doctor says she's got a brand new cornea. When, I, when they told me this woman needs a cornea, it came to my mind, the woman in Port Elizabeth. And then I knew how to, how do you operate with this? You, you speak into the, un, the unseen world. And you declare the real world. No, you better hear me. You declare facts based on the word of God. He is creator. You speak into the dimension that you cannot see. Because that's where faith activates. Faith is not seen. My God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. When you can't see it, you speak the word of God to it. My God, let me get this again. That's where faith is. When you can't see it, you send the word of God to it. Until you see it. Somebody listening to me. Sometimes you have to work that faith. My goodness, I feel faith in the atmosphere right now. Right now. Jesus started teaching right through the scriptures in Matthew. Right up to, you can, you can, basically you can study Mark, Luke, John. See the, the basis in the accounts. But Jesus said, there's one scripture that moves my heart. The Bible says, 
that Jesus went to a certain city. They said, isn't this just the son of Joseph? The brother of James? Familiarity is the biggest killer of the anointing. When you become familiar with the person, you lose it all. You can never receive from anyone that you became familiar with. Please understand this. This is when, when I preach, I'm not a husband. It might sound strange. My wife can't sit here and say, that's just my husband. Because she will never receive. My mother-in-law can't say, this is my son-in-law. This is, no, this, is not my, this is the man of God. This is the oracle of God. Please understand this. This is not the son of Joseph. This is the healer. When they saw Jesus, they said, the Bible says this. He says, Jesus could not do much because of people's unbelief. Unbelief because of familiarity. This is why I always beg this church of ours, never become familiar with the presence. Son, there will become a day that you will despise the presence. You will take it for nothing. You will take it for granted. And once you do that, you, when you become accustomed to the presence of God, you will lose it. Please understand this. This is what I always tell people in this church. Even if you see miracles every week, you have to shout like it's your very first time. Never become familiar with miracles. I, I want to do two more minutes. And this is what Jesus said. Couldn't do much because of people's unbelief. They ridiculed him. This is just the son of Joseph. They ridiculed him. Every time there's a ridicule, there's a fight in the spirit. You see, this is why you get firefighters in the pews. When the fire of God moves, people want to fight the fire. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You know, when we went into the, into the healing ministry, if I say I went into the healing ministry, I didn't wake up one morning and say, any, uh, mini, miny, mo, okay, the healing ministry, here we go. That's what people do. Any, mini, miny, mo, the healing ministry, here we go. And then they, they miss out. God calls you to it. Well, I didn't choose it one day and say, yeah. Let me just quickly say this to you. When you are in the healing ministry, you operate from faith that most people will never touch. When the anointing comes upon me, I can tell you exact minute when faith comes upon me. Then I'm a different person. My faith is bold. You know what changed for us? When I leaned in myself, stood in front of a little girl, five years old, raped. They brought her to church. She was raped. Men raped her. This little girl was broken. We cried so hard. I can't really remember who cried the most. This little girl, Mio and it broke us. We started praying for that little girl and started seeing God's healing touch on that girl. And I started seeking the face of the Lord and said, Lord, use us. Use us to be bold in South Africa to stand for healings. Because most people will teach you that you're pocky with Yimutra. Most people will say, can somebody just pray for them? It's not my ministry. I would rather be that fool that will trust with you. And say, let's take God at his word. Am I speaking to the right crowd? I can tell you miracles. Girl in our servant services, her mother brought with a hole in her back on her spine. If they move her too quickly, she'll go paralyzed for the rest of her life. We will pray for that girl, and as we walk away, her mom will start to scream. Look at this, look at this. He turned around, the hole is closed. God's healing power through that body. I, I, I prayed for a, a woman, she stood in a service, she says she's got a daughter deaf at home. I said, Lord, I send your word. I said, call her. She said, I can't call her, she's deaf. I said, call her. 
She calls her home, the woman picks up. Only Jesus can do that. I was in a church where I saw a guy, they brought him with two crutches. Two guys next to the crutches, he was walking like this and they kept him straight. And I saw him in the service, then pray for him. I saw him in the service. Because my Bible said, throw away your crutches. He threw away the crutches. When he, when he did that, everybody said, oh! And I said to the two guys, leave him. They left him, he started wobbling. I said, walk. He started walking. The pastor went ballistic. He ran to the front, he grabbed the microphone, he says, let me just tell you, I know exactly what's wrong with this guy. This guy has no hip bones. He's walking without hip bones. God gave him a creative miracle. Two brand new hip bones. I can tell you stories after stories. Jesus Christ heals. I said, Jesus Christ heals. We prayed for a, for a, for a, for a, uh, a baby that was mentally disabled. Mentally disabled, the whole body's crooked like this, twisted. Prayed, laid hands, walked away, sat in the back, heard her mom start screaming. You walk out, you see this child sitting up straight. That moves you. Do you know what shook us in Malaysia? They brought a deaf mute girl. The demon left her and she grabbed the daddy and she showed him she can hear him. And this girl cries. The father grabs his girl and he sobs with this girl. That moves you. That makes you come to that place where you say, Lord, I'm going to believe your word even if they mock me, even if they say whatever they want to. There was The other day there was a, a Facebook page that that, that, that attacked me and they, they, they put me on the, on the Facebook feed and I said thank you for the advertisement it's, it's great, you know, you're advertising the ministry free of charge, I think it's about 300,000 followers on that page and they say look at this guy blowing demons in people's ears and then suddenly they hear, I said my goodness do you hear the nonsense that you utter and then the other guy says yeah, I see, he, he, he gives them secret words in, in the ear I said, I don't even speak to them. I just blow open that ear. That's what I do. <laughs> but I'd rather be a fool for Christ. Imagine they said, yeah, look at that drunk, that deadbeat husband, that child molester, that deadbeat father. They can't say that about me. They can say, oh, that's a fake guy. Lord says, Anybody who suffers for his name's sake shall receive a hundredfold in this life as well as the life to come. So when people attack us because of that, you know what I do? I go to the Lord. I say, Lord, I just want to remind you of the hundredfold. I just want to remind you of the hundredfold. There was a great preacher in Port Elizabeth. I loved him. He's dead today. But every time I got to his church, he was greatly attacked. And every time I got there, he would show me all the attacks. One day I went to the hotel room and I cried before God. I said, Lord, how can I do this? Look at what people are saying about me. And I heard God say this to me as clear as day. Are you what they say you are? I said, no, absolutely not. Why do you care? That, that, oh, that got me. I was free of people's opinion that day. Because I know tonight when I put my head on the pillow, if tomorrow does not come, I'm going to stand before him. And I'm going to hear the word, well done, good faithful servant. I don't want to stand before God one day and hear him say, I gave you my word, you didn't believe it. I gave you my word, but you want to be politically correct. 
listen to me we either believe the word of God completely or we don't no more in-betweens so I want you to understand if you are sick in your body get filled with the word of God worship God you have to find Jesus say I have to find Jesus that's the most important key when he's more real than your sickness you get healed so what people do is when when the cancer is more real than Jesus cancer is your God come on you find your king you put your emphasis on him by the way that's true worship true worship is I had a terrible day at, at my work but he's still the king of glory I still adore him I've been in a fight I still love him he's still more real to me is somebody listening to me that's very important you find Jesus get to a place of worship get to a place of absolute surrender and faith we walk by faith we believe the word of God only not the doctor's report the word of God I said the word of God every time a doctor says you can't doctor Jesus says because of his stripes you are healed you are healed sometimes you just have to tell yourself you don't have to phone somebody and say I do not get a creep it you tell yourself this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it what what do you know what I, I hate sleeping sleeping is a waste of time trust me I hate going to bed sometimes at 2 in the morning I have to force myself and say tomorrow morning you have to be up again so yeah you just go to bed you know I always tell the Lord I don't want to waste time so they say when you have to just go to bed no 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 don't tell me that I would rather be submerged in the presence of God hallelujah I go home I put on worship music everybody's sleeping in the house I'm in the presence of God you know what's awesome and then I finish I always find Jesus that's my key I always find Jesus every night last night I found him might sound stupid to you I found him in the midst of my turmoil here I find him I can put on my worship music and I start to worship him I start to direct my worship to the King of Glory suddenly he steps into that room how do I know that everything that I faced disappears He's so real that I can't open my eyes. I fall on my face and I weep because of the glory of God. It's right there where faith comes. It's right there where I snatch my miracle. It's right there where I snatch my breakthrough. I wait for the, I wait for the right time when faith comes in. I hope you get this. I said, I hope you get this. When you see me walking in faith in any meeting, that's your right time to grab a hold because then Jesus said he was waiting for faith. When he saw the faith, rise. Listen to me. I'm giving you keys right now. How many of you have received because of the word tonight? That's what you do. You take your covenant meal and remember or remind him. Remember what he's done, but remind him that this body has been broken so that I can be healed. Your blood has been given so I can be free. Hallelujah. We do that every day. They say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, let me tell you, this meal a day keeps every devil away. Communion a day keeps the depression away. <laughs> it, keeps the doctor, it keeps the demons away. 
keeps, it keeps them away. The Bible says, if I see the blood on the doorposts. Oh, I gave you another key. God says, apply the blood on the doorposts. When the angel of death sees it, he must pass by. When the blood is applied, demon spirits of sickness and disease must walk past. Because now this is a covenant meal. Every time I take it, I'm in covenant. I'm reminded of covenant. I stay in covenant, just understand. When I take this, I'm reminded. And I remind him the covenant that his body has brought. Hallelujah. Every time you're sick, you declare the word of God. Come on, when you feel that symptom, you clear it out that symptom. Symptoms you shall rejoice. Hallelujah. That's by the way, let me just say this and then I'm done, I promise you. So much I wanted to say tonight, but because of time, I have to rush. When you have flu, you don't have flu. Your flesh has flu. You don't have flu. Okay, I'm speaking to somebody. If somebody dies of cancer tonight, the flesh dies. The spirit doesn't have cancer. The spirit lives forevermore, whether with God or in hell, forevermore. Come on, COVID. You don't have COVID. They lied to you. They just lied to you. But let's go back to flu. You don't have flu. Your flesh has flu. Your flesh has arthritis. You don't have arthritis. Your flesh just needs to be updated. Somebody needs to update your flesh. Come on, my God. Somebody needs to send a reminder to the flesh. You are healed. Yes. Shout yes. One more time. You are healed. By His stripes, I declare you are healed. By His stripes, arthritis is illegal. By His stripes, sugar diabetes must come in alignment. Hallelujah. There is an an eight for AIDS. And Jesus is His name. There is a cure for cancer. And Jesus is His name. Glory, would you jump to your feet with me? I want you to lift your hands right now to heaven. Lord Jesus, I thank you for that name, which is above every other name. Thank you for the covenant name. Your name is a refuge, it's a strong tower. Your name is faith, your name is honey on our lips, Lord. Your name. It's a name which has been given that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. That name has been given, no other name given through which a man must be saved. Thank you for the covenant name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, when we call out the name of Jesus, angels are standing on attention. Demons are, are running in seven different directions. The gates of hell is shaking. We glorify your name, Jesus. The word says that you are the Lord who heals us. The one who takes away all our disease. It is written in your word that by your stripes we are healed. In Exodus 15, you gave a command. You say, you you tell your people, if you obey my voice, if you listen to me, I'll take away the sickness from you. Today I declare every sickness and disease Null and void in the name of Jesus. I speak to every single fleshly body in this place. You shall align with your spirit. You shall align with your spirit. 
in the name of Jesus you shall be renewed come on you tell that symptom in the name of Jesus you are dealt with on Calvary's cross you are under my feet you are under my feet Lord let your presence fill this place right now precious Holy Spirit we adore you we adore you come on just adore him forget about how you feel forget about the person next to you and just adore him we adore you we adore you in holy reverence we come to you and we worship as every eyes closed every hand lifted please hear me the most important thing to come and do in church is to worship not receiving from God is to worship we are created to worship let's get back to the heart of worship we look to you Lord the author and the finisher of our faith Holy Spirit I ask you in Jesus name make Jesus real to your people right now row by row seat by seat right now and that's every single one of them. The presence of the Lord is touching everyone right now. May your sweet presence touch your Manners get wild in this place. Say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not leaving. Not until I've touched the hem of your garment. I'm not going, Lord, about a touch. Touch every heart, touch every life. In the name of Jesus. Oh Jesus, come on, continue just worship. The atmosphere is changing very quickly. There's healing in your wings. Let your healing power flow. At the mention of your name. Angels are bowing. Demons are running.
don't try to reason Jesus. Jesus can't be reasoned. He's only revealed. Get your head out of the way. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus. Don't try to figure it out how it's going to work and how do I get from point A to point B. Forget all of that. Get your mind out of the way and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus. Don't try to reason. Let it be revealed. And then when you start to sing everything, Imagine that day when you are standing around his throne, no more crying, no more pain. Come on, God is just preparing us for eternity. Very, very soon. This is what we all do every day. No more toil. No more worry, no more stress. I'm not going to pray for you tonight. From tomorrow night, I'll pray for everybody again. I just want you tonight. Allow the Holy Spirit to make Jesus real. Jesus is all you have. You have all that you need. Thank you for your praise. Thank you for your praise. I just want to praise you. I want to lift my hands and
Andrew. 